3: it is that time of year, but did you know, Heidi, that the song that you're playing, Jingle Bell, was written for Thanksgiving and not for Christmas? It was first written for Thanksgiving, and uh, it was liked so much that they played it for both holidays, and now it's stuck in Christmas. Well, I mean, it's close
4: enough to Thanksgiving still, so... <laughs>
3: I, just, I thought that was interesting. I read about that over the over the weekend. It was one of my trivia. I do this thing. I get a triv I get two trivia questions every day, and they uh, and then uh, I I usually average about ninety seven percent a month on that stuff. But, <laughs> but that was that was one of them that that caught me because I thought Jingle Bell. I think the it was the four songs. of the Jingle Bells. Uh, Winter Wonderland And a couple of And I picked Winter Wonderland Because Just like Jingle Bells It doesn't Mention Christmas Per se It could Apply to any time And it was Jingle Bells I was amazed by that Guy wrote it And And years later His whole song Is screwed over And put at Christmas time And he wanted it At Thanksgiving <laughs> I just well,
4: like "Let It Snow" doesn't mention Christmas. Yeah. "Winter Wonderland" doesn't mention yeah, Christmas. Like the there's a lot of like those, winter adjacent songs. Specifically
3: for Christmas, this guy wrote it for Thanksgiving. It's really weird, really <laughs> strange. You can look it up. It, it's really interesting. I, because when it said "Jingle Bells," I actually Googled to find out are they right? You know, because they've been wrong a couple of times. All right, hey, what's going on there, Elizabeth?
5: It's uh, turkey time. Still, <laughs> you're still eating turkey. I told me, Heidi. We just finished off the leftovers last night. We we ate all weekend and finished them off last night. Had a fabulous meal that lasted for days.
3: Yeah, it I've, was great. I've got turkey left. Uh, we added a few extra people, a couple like a day before Thanksgiving, and uh, so but, I couldn't get any more prime rib, so I bought a three pound turkey breast. And and got that and guess what I got left turkey breast.
5: <laughs> well, of course, over prime rib. If I had, yeah. enough. <laughs> we so, we put a turkey breast in the smoker, so it uh, was fabulous. It worked out really well, and uh, makes really great hot brown sandwiches. You know?
3: Yeah. Well, I'm put that's... a little
5: little turkey, and a little cheese sauce, and some grilled tomato on top. Broil it in the oven. Oh my gosh, it was good last yeah, night. It sounds
3: good yeah that's what yeah. I'm doing. I'm taking that breast and slicing it up making turkey sandwiches out of it and uh, and eating a sandwich each day and then i i i broke away i finally broke away heidi's gonna be proud of me. I broke away from white bread I'm not eating white bread i'm i'm eating multi grain bread it's got all kinds of Better little seeds in. it's got all kinds of seeds in it well i i i picked that up um here the last uh, couple of weeks. So anyway, let's see if I carry it over into the new year. My so wife I saw still a likes- recipe. What?
5: I saw a recipe where you take your leftover dressing. You folks that like these all-in-one deals, you put the dressing in a casserole, and then you put the leftover <laughs> cranberry sauce, and then you put the leftover mashed pot- or turkey, and then you put the mashed potatoes on top of that. You put cheese on top of everything, and bake it in the oven for leftovers.
3: <laughs> i've I've seen them do Only that one bite i've seen them do that on a sandwich and they call it thanksgiving uh on bread
2: <laughs> seriously <there> <laughs> i'm not making that up it was on
3: uh, the food network i was watching it oh was my to, and there's a restaurant that they do that every day of the year they you can you get thanksgiving in a sandwich have you seen that heidi
4: i have uh what you're talking about elizabeth it <laughs> sounds like uh like a thanksgiving trifle or like a thanksgiving like seven layer dip you know <laughs> you know you just like yeah, you could know be. get some chips and just you know that's what that reminded me of but i
3: mean you act, right you cut the uh the cranberry sauce in in thin layers and you lay it on this uh, sandwich and everything I would say yeah. probably would be pretty good.
4: I'd be worried about the bread getting soggy from the cranberry. Like you need to flip the you need to flip the sandwich so the cranberry would be on top. Yeah. So then, you know, so then there's not a lot of But here's
3: the key. Here here is the key about any of that when you're making a sandwich. I was talking to a friend about that because uh he works with one of the delivery services and I asked him if he took uh, sandwiches with him for uh Lunch, And he said, no, because they all, you know, the tomato, he he doesn't, can't put tomato on the sandwich because it gets soggy. And I said, you're not making your sandwich right. You take (laughs) it and you put your mayo on the bread, all right, on both pieces of bread. Then you lay a piece of uh, lettuce down. Then your cheese. Mm -hmm. Then you put your meat. Then you put your tomato. Then you put another slice of cheese. Then you put more lettuce. (laughs) And then you put your final piece of bread. So the 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 tomato is stuck in between a bunch of things that it's got to leak through, and typically it will stay um, what we would say is fresh, and not get all mushy. You know, while you're carrying it around, I did that. My my wife kept saying, "Would you eat your sandwich? Eat your sandwich. It's going to get nasty. It's going to get nasty." And I go, it's going to be fine. I was on the phone. The tomatoes
5: hiding in the
6: middle. Yeah,
3: I got. I was talking on the phone, and you know, it's it's not nice to take a big old bite of sandwich because my sandwiches are thick because I put about five slices of lunch meat in in them. And uh, take Can you a,
5: say Dagwood?
3: Yeah, kind of <laughs> like that. Not not. I don't use that type of bread, but anyway, I, you know, it was just. It was fresh, man. I've been into it crunched just like you want wanted to, you know, but I do understand the concerns of you know the the sloppiness of the tomato in your in your sandwich, or if you're like me, you like to put you know slicers on it. You know a slicer is right, heidi it's a pickle, and they slice it in, you know so that it sits right down on your sandwich.
4: I've never heard it described that way yeah, That's they're cool.
3: called they're called slicers. And here's the other thing. Guys, I cannot eat a sandwich where I pick it up and it's the whole thing. I got to cut it diagonally. Now, I don't know if this goes back to my childhood or what. But I cut (laughs) it. Goes along
5: with counting out the M&M's. Yeah,
3: it kind of goes along with it. That's a long. Heidi, that's a long story. (laughs) When I eat M&M's, I divide them by color.
4: I could believe that.
3: And, uh, <laughs> I could
4: believe that. So I just are pop you saying are you
3: saying that I'm that uh, I'm obsessive? At <laughs> <time>? <laughs> no,
4: you've what never I, seen
5: him do that yet.
4: <laughs> not yet. Not yet. But what I like to do is I just pop them all in my mouth. I'm just chaotic that way. Yeah. You know, just all the chaos. colors mixing together. Yeah. So <laughs> well, you
3: Positive like you bad. like uh, Jurassic Park? Then you like that whole chaos theory?
4: Uh, I, I guess.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. But yeah, I just. Uh, you know, I just, I cut it in, 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 a, in a diagonal. I do that with my grilled cheese sandwiches, too.
4: Yeah. You don't just straight do up, like, cut it in half? No,
3: I don't cut it. Here we go now, all right? I don't cut <laughs> it in half. I do cut it in half, but it's at a diagonal. It's not a straight line. You like
4: the triangles. You don't like the rectangles.
3: Yeah, because that triangle, the ends of it go in your mouth easier.
4: Okay. So yeah. you eat the point first? Yeah, I do. Okay.
5: Uh-huh. See.
3: There you oh, go. I do okay. Before before we get into talking uh, any real serious stuff, let me say, well, this is serious. I mean, this is just a wonderful life. We're showing that movie exactly 1 week from today. All right. It shows at uh, Riverdale 10. If you're still wanting to go, you need to get on riverdale10.com and buy your tickets because uh Tickets have been going. I've been really kind of surprised. Really, I was I was worried that COVID nineteen whole thing would would put uh, a little damper on it. We've sold out one theater, and we're working uh, very diligently on a second theater. I I think we'll probably sell three theaters out, which is really cool. That's good. I'm glad you're not allowing COVID nineteen to destroy your your Christmas. I hope you you don't you don't do that but i do understand the concern uh that uh, that is out there look i had to leave yesterday i uh, i i thanks uh, to uh, robert steinbach for filling in I'm uh, um, just a, i'm to say a moment's notice is an understatement during the during the show i i got a call about my brother passing and uh, I just didn't think I'd be able to do the rest of the show. I was uh, pretty choked up uh, there at the end of the uh, the first hour, so Robert took over for me. I wanted to ask Heidi, because I didn't even get to listen to the show, how was that last hour with uh, RD's uh, son coming in and talking about going to college
4: it was very um informative you know he was talking about his experience as um, I believe he said he went to college in Memphis or he currently yeah. is going to college and so he was just talking about his views and what he's seen and all that and so I thought it was a very informative hour so Robert Steinbuck and the power panel they did great for you good.
3: Dave I'm you know Robert always does good for me he'll be filling in for me next week I'm taking a couple of days off I've got still vacation left and I just you know I just don't give vacation back to my bosses. <laughs> I use it. All right, I use it. So next week uh, I got a I got a uh, I got a doctor's appointment on Thursday that I have to go to and they couldn't get me in other than like 8:30 in the morning. Ugh, hate that early early appointments, but I got that. And then uh, love it. I'm flying out on Friday. I'm going to Orlando. I've already paid for this thing for Linda and I, and we're going to Orlando to Universal Studios. And uh, Friday night, starting at about 7 p.m., and then Saturday night, starting at 5 and going to about 1 in the morning on both of them, uh, we get to go into Universal Studios with about 400 other people. Now, let me just tell you, that's a very small crowd for Universal Studios. And all the food is free that you can eat. All the rides are free to ride, and uh, so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going. i am i am gonna go do that. That's um, part of my Christmas present to my wife. You a
4: big roller coaster person? Oh, Dave? I
3: love roller coasters. I love that stuff. I mean, I really sounds really sounds like so
4: much
5: fun. I'll be riding the Hulk.
3: All right, I can guarantee you, I ride the Hulk when I'm there. But you know, there's so many of their rides are not even roller coasters anymore. It's just a car on a track and you feel like you're moving but you're not really moving they'll blow air in your face and all of that makes you feel like you're going down a hill or, or whatever. That was the first Those thing that I experiences. did. On, yeah. It's the experiences. first thing I did when I was uh, in uh, Disneyland back in the day when it first got started and Monsanto had a theater in 360 degrees they had everything around you and one of the parts where in front of you you had like this this pole with a tabletop on it but it was for your hands to hold on to because they flew you through the grand canyon and they took yeah. you on a <laughs> took you on a roller coaster but they would rumble the theater and they would blow air in your face and and then all the of this movement beh- yeah. to the side of you in front of you you felt like you were there and the pole was there so you didn't fall over because you'd be leaning as you're skiing going to <laughs> going down the hill it was crazy it was crazy. That, that just to tell you how long ago that was 74 75 part of my part of my spring break you know i actually i i actually turned my eye away from the surrounding uh things to look at and paid attention to some of the rides that i was on but it was a lot of fun. Had a great time. All right. We got to get our first break in. It's 19 minutes after six on a Tuesday morning. Elizabeth Soltelaro is here. She was watching the count on the ballot of the ballots in Arizona. And I'm going to read her text to you when we come back. And then I'm going to ask you, why did you word it that way? Ah, <laughs> yeah. We'll come back and, and find out what she saw, what she heard. When we continue on the Dave Ellswick show, okay. So, I was checking out my uh, text. That's the way that uh, Elizabeth and I typically talk to each other. Although we do spend during the week quite a bit of time on the phone uh, and going over uh, issues and topics that are, you know, either big or little. We kind of, I kind of bounce things around on her, and and uh, she bounces things around on me, and it gives me a. An idea of what I want to talk about and where I want to go, uh, with you, the listeners. But she, she was talking to me. You now, this was, was this yesterday. It was at about one thirty, and you were talking about you're having your roof done by Pi Roofing, and you were just <laughs> kind of, you were just going crazy about how professional they are, and you go so fast, and there's one person on the ground just raking and picking up trash. Keeping the workspace clean. Yep, I am impressed all over the place about PI Roofing. Have they got the magnet out yet? (laughs) I don't
5: think they're quite finished. They they worked very hard with a large crew, but the roof is going extremely well, very nicely.
3: Yeah, they they do a great job. I've been, you know, I've been been the advertising voice for PI Roofing now for many, many, many years. And one of the things that I was always taken about is that while they're putting the roof on, nails fly everywhere. You know, they got those nail guns, and they they just fly around. Nails do, and they get in the in the grass around your house and stuff. Before they leave, uh, Elizabeth, they will bring out this thing, and it's a big magnet, and it mm-hmm. allows them to push it around your house, and it picks up all that garbage out of your grass.
5: It's- you pretty clean out there right now, given, I mean, when they, you know, scrape all that stuff off your roof, it does go everywhere. Yep. And they put in big tarps all around the house. It picked up most of that. They, I've watched people do roofing before many times, of course, across the neighborhood. These guys really are special. Yep. They know what they're doing. They're really, really good. It's, it's been so easy on our part. We didn't worry. We haven't done anything except call them. And tell them what was going on. I haven't had to follow up. I haven't had to worry. I haven't had to ask a single question. It's been awesome. Cool. I can't say enough.
3: That's good. I like that. And this wasn't planned, by the way. I'm, no, it I'm, was not. I put her on the. <laughs> I put her on on the thing. I put myself on the spot too. Anyway, at the very end, you go. Yep, I am impressed all over the place. And then, I'm watching Arizona hearing on YouTube. Stunning stuff. Okay, we've got a few minutes here to the bottom of the eye about three minutes. What was so stunning as you watched what was going on in Arizona?
5: Well, it was very similar in some ways to Pennsylvania the week before, which I also watched. Uh, these are people testifying individually to what they've seen. In all the election, this was all in Arizona, both inside the polling places, inside the tabulation areas, the places they were not allowed to go, the way they were treated. They brought forward several statistical people that, boy, I'm lost on the numbers, right? Uh They showed some charts showing how the votes were distributed over time. And the two things that really stood out to me, um, a retired Army curler, Colonel, who has serious cybersecurity experience within the military, cybersecurity expert, testified about an anonymous email, okay, but they've checked into a lot of this. This individual said he wanted his information to go to the criminal division of the U.S. Department of Justice. He alleged, or this person alleged, 35,000 votes were being added to all the Democrat candidates, that he was in a meeting. In September with the Democrat Party, where they talked about it, he alleges in his email or this person alleges in their email that uh, they asked how in the world would it be, you know, how could you do this and not get caught? And they said, well, it would depend on the total voter turnout versus the total registered voters. And, you know, how do we know it works? Well, it's been shown to have success in judicial elections in Arizona since 2014 wow there are a lot of details being alleged the statistical information many of the experts repeatedly said numbers don't lie the machines were not and i don't remember if this is in Pennsylvania or Arizona one one thing that has struck out stuck out to me the machines cannot process the number of votes in the short amount of time The spike of votes that came in in the middle of the night, like 3 a.m., I think, I don't remember, it may have been Georgia. The machines are physically not able to process that many votes in that period of time, period. This Uh. is incontrovertible evidence. Um, These people are under oath. These affidavits are sworn. They could be, you know, uh, put in prison if they're found to be lying. And, and it just went on and on and on. This okay. hearing yesterday started I'm going to have you hold on.
3: Hold on. We'll pick it up when we come <laughs> back. News is next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. If you haven't heard our uh, announcements before, pay attention here. Uh, health volunteers are needed for a COVID-19 vaccine clinical research study. The study is now enrolling here in the uh, Little Rock area. Uh, if you want to help research an investigational vaccine for COVID-19. By participating in this clinical trial, you're going to have access to no-cost study-related care. You'll also have the opportunity to help uh, COVID-19 research. No insurance is required to take part. If you're an adult and you're in good or stable health, you may be able to qualify. Now, to find out more, if you're really interested in this, please call 501-954-7822, 501-954-7822, uh, or you can go online to see the letter C, 19 Vaccine Study, that's all one word, .com, that's C19VaccineStudy.com or call Five zero one nine five four seventy eight twenty two. I just saw yesterday that Madura had asked the FDA now for emergency uh, clearance uh, to market their uh, vaccine. Uh, and I'm pretty sure this is AstraZeneca, if I'm not mistaken. They'll be uh, right in line to do this as well. So I believe the light is at the end of the tunnel now. Uh, I think we're going to see people by the middle of this month being vaccinated and that that will uh, get that will that will start moving a lot quicker as we move into the new year. And uh, you got to give President Trump credit for that. I know there's so many of you don't want to do it. There's going to be I'm telling you right now, we get into the new year. Everybody will be, you know, ballyhooing about look what Biden's done. And I will continue to remind you <laughs> that it happened under President uh, Trump. That's where it happened. All right. Now, when we it would left, not have happened. <laughs> what, what were you going to say?
5: It would not have happened so quickly either. He's the one that put everything into overdrive to yes. get it done so quickly and ramp production up simultaneously with testing.
3: Operation Warp Speed. That's right. Yeah. Keep that in mind. I think that will if 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 not a lot of uh, uh, material in our history books show how erroneous the way they reacted to COVID-19, and I'm talking about the whole world, Uh, we will see uh, the the term uh, Operation Warp Speed in the same place that we saw in the Manhattan Project. I really do believe that. I do believe that. This is going to save a lot of people's lives. With that said, though, uh, you heard in the newscast that Arizona uh, confirmed their vote totals yesterday, and uh, Elizabeth was watching on, tele- or on YouTube uh, about it and uh, was you know, given her her uh, feelings about what she was uh, seeing. And you were—I'm going to let you continue and talk further about that.
5: I, I was saying when we stopped, this hearing started at 10 a.m. and I don't know how many witnesses were originally scheduled. It did not stop until about 8:30 last night. Wow! And it went on, and people stayed, and people stayed because they felt so strongly about what they wanted to say. There were both state senators and representatives in attendance. The meeting was not held at the uh, you know state capitol legislative. Uh, space it was in a hotel, and the uh you know during the day while the hearing was being held on election integrity with witnesses, the uh, governor decided it was okay to certify the elections
3: yeah, this is quest- you, though, this is my question why number one, is he a Republican or a Democrat?
5: I believe he's a Republican. Okay. let me double check
3: all right, so he certified the election even though. It, you had all of these people questioning the integrity yes. of the election in the state kind of interesting that they they did that and you know what this as I watch this I'm seeing a lot of spineless people that's what I'm seeing do you do you get exactly. that feeling
5: well this is this is you know this has gone long beyond Trump this is a fundamental attack. On the structure of our country, Dave, one man, one vote, in private, counts in full. Another thing they talked about yesterday was <laughs> we have statistical numbers on votes. We don't, we don't vote in a partial. This is back to, you know, three-fifths of a person gets a vote. This is not our country. There is no reason for computer programs that should be doing nothing but filling up a bucket with numbers whole numbers a computer expert even talked about this no they put all the votes if you and i are running against each other the votes all go in one spot and then they use mathematical and algorithm uh, you know calculations to divide them back out again what the hell this is not the way it's supposed to be and i do not believe that all of these witnesses are taking the abuse that they're taking. One individual has had to leave their home and be put under protection just since they testified last week in Pennsylvania. Now it's happening to the folks from yesterday. Twitter, of course, took an individual off the air last week, took an individual off yesterday for nothing other than the fact that they dared speak up. We are in deep, deep, deep trouble in this country, and if people don't figure it out, we're going to lose it. The governor of Arizona is a Demi- uh, sorry, is a Republican. Okay. The governor in Georgia is a Republican. Yes. And now we've got these votes going on that are supposed to happen on January 5th for runoffs in Georgia with machines that we know are tainted. Whether they're operating that way, we don't know because no one can get their hands on the stupid things. The judge made a ruling that the machines be confiscated. Then he took the ruling away. Now he put the ruling back. But there are reports that a Dominion employee or a county employee went yesterday and started wiping machines to prepare them for January 5th. We're told we can't sue ahead of the election because nothing has happened. We're told we can't sue after the election because it's newt.
3: Yeah, it's already been decided, right?
5: Something's wrong. Something's bad, bad. Wrong, And people need to rise up and understand. I, I had a conversation over the weekend with an acquaintance friend of mine, somebody I've known from a former job for about 20, 25 years. Don't know him super, super well. Keep running into him at the grocery store, whatever. This individual is not a conservative Republican. And the way he spoke to me when I saw him this weekend just knocked me out. He is so unaware He is totally uninformed. He does not know about anything we're talking about. He listens to, you know, NBC, ABC, Channel 7, whatever, and he's hearing all the mainstream. I was astounded that he is so, he doesn't even know about this stuff because the media is in cahoots and keeping it from the people. I looked at him and I said, I'm so amazed that you're not even aware that there was a hearing And now there's going to be this other hearing. There's all these people testifying. He said, what are you talking about?
3: Recent poll, a recent poll by uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, The guy that typically is right uh, came out and nearly 80 percent of Republicans believe that the fix was in. But the thing that was most interesting to me was that over. 30% 30% of Democrats believed that the fix was in on this election. And, you know, if we believe that way and we don't do something to make sure it, you know, it didn't happen that way, that perhaps we're all taking small stories and putting them all together and trying to come up with some kind of big story. But if if really this occurred, and we're we're basically poo pooing it away because people don't have the spine to uh, to dig into this and find out what's going on. Uh, it's it's very disconcerting, and I believe it's in the future. I don't know how long it will take, but Americans are going to say that the federal government should get more involved in uh, you know national elections. And that could erode, you know, our whole thing about federalism. And that's not good either.
5: Corruption, corruption. And you have to root it out when you first see it, when you first find out about it. And you have to totally get rid of it because it will do nothing but grow. If we, you know, it's stunning to hear these witnesses speak about what they've seen. And then they'll say, I've heard three or four of them say, look, we're being told, oh, it's okay, we'll fix it next time around. No, you cannot do that. If you let them do it now, it's only going to get worse. We have all this testimony from other individuals outside of our country, how it's already happened there.
3: Well, and that's why. that's And we're, why, that's...
5: we're just standing around.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, that's why, you know, the president refuses to concede and why other organizations continue to bring these lawsuits. They want, or we want, uh, however you want to you know phrase it, we want to know what the truth is. We want to see what the truth is. And there's a lot of things out there that can, should concern everybody. And for me, it concerns me because this has been going on from where I grew up in 50 years ago and still hasn't been cleaned up. And and that's that says a lot.
5: And now it's out in the open to some people to some people. Yeah. It's stunning what the media has done to cover up and com- I mean there there's complicit it's I don't even know what to say, you know, the the way people do it is oh we're going to call them something else now. No, you need to do more than just call them by a different name. The media is spreading propaganda and keeping the truth from the people. We need to cut them off. We uh, need to do something different.
3: All right. Let's take a break. we got to do that, and we'll come back uh, on the Dave Ellswick Show. we got more to talk about, like uh, religious freedom. Let's talk a little bit about that here on the Dave Ellswick Show as well. You know, you know freedom of speech, religious freedom, uh, Second Amendment rights, all of that's really, really important to me mm-hmm. because guess what? It's in this document called the Constitution. The
5: Constitution.
3: Yeah, and are we paying attention to it? Do we want a constitution? I'm believing that young people are being taught they don't need the constitution that our country uh was built upon. We got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Elizabeth Seltilari is with me. She'll be with me again at six PM tonight. You wanna you don't wanna listen uh, don't wanna listen, don't wanna miss that. And uh, she's gonna talk further. She's going to talk further about uh, this whole thing about uh, uh, Arizona. I mean, uh, Giuliani was in uh, Pennsylvania just a few days ago, bringing forth a lot of information there. And uh, I agree with you, uh, Elizabeth. It's been really interesting watching how the media is handling not only this, but a lot of different things. For instance, one of the big stories yesterday was uh, how... The Biden administ- Administration had all these women in their press office. Uh, that, uh, yeah, you know, and here's what's funny about that. Guess what was never mentioned in that story, or I went back and, and Googled this, uh, was not included in, in stories uh, during the four years of the Trump administration. Trump did that himself. He had, Just like
5: Biden, yeah. everything he does, he's following Trump and trying to pretend like he's the original. Isn't
3: that amazing? Everything he's done. But it's amazing that, that people do not understand that this president has done a lot of first things and great things. And, uh, I mean, how much has been talked about the East peace plan uh, that uh, that Trump has, has brokered? And you're not hearing anything about that. But now that Biden, it looks like is going to be put in as president. I, I keep my fingers, toes, and eyes crossed, hoping that it won't happen. But, you know, you got Biden out there, and you got these Democrats, and, and what com, is coming up more and more now? The anti-Semitism of the left. It comes up more and more, and and the media reports on that and doesn't report on something as important as what's going on in the Middle East.
5: Dave, they're not reporting any longer. Again, between the things they're speaking about and the things they're choosing not to speak about, you know, it's if you don't know about something, you don't know. Okay, you can't check on it. You can't find out. You can't wonder. Nothing happens.
3: Well, for you, example, used to be Biden. You, go laptop. ahead. Go ahead. I'm you sorry.
5: know, yeah. they they that story, and people don't know. Again, my friend from my former job does not know so many things. And I asked him, did did you not hear this? Did you not hear that? Well, what are you talking about? It's not being said in mainstream media. Again, I don't want to get on that rant. You and I get on that rant often enough. It's time for people to get over their shock of, of realizing that the media does not report stories and understand that they are a media arm of the Democrat Party.
3: Yeah. It, they what have, they do. They diff-
5: spread their platform.
3: Yeah, they've definitely moved into that. There's no doubt about that at all. I'm, if, and if it's only going to get worse. If you didn't you know? see it uh, over this last election, I don't think that you're you're ever going to see it. You're going, what we're talking about, a lot of people are going to just totally uh, ignore They're going to ignore it. I really do believe that.
5: One of the lawmakers said it yesterday in the Arizona hearing. She says, look, I know people, especially Republicans, want to just say, look, we we did what we did. We need to accept the results. We need to move on. We need to go forward. You know, we don't want to be. It's a lot of trouble. It's a lot. It's very upsetting. It's a lot of disruption. Let's just move on. She said, we don't have that luxury. We're going to lose our country.
3: Well, people, you know, people already think that politicians don't do what they elect them to do. If they start finding out, or they start thinking that the politicians that they're voting for are not getting elected because their votes aren't being counted, or things are somebody's got their thumb on the scales of, uh, you know, the clarification of what's going on in in elections, people are going to quit going to going to the polls.
5: Let's talk about that tonight. There's a big discussion going on in Georgia. We need to hold on to those Senate seats in Georgia regardless. And uh, there's a lot of talk. People are saying, you know, are the Republicans gonna come out? Because the Georgia Secretary of State and Georgia governor have ignored all of these pieces all of these pieces of evidence about crooked elections.
3: That's so that's just to me is is amazing to me that They just continue to ignore it as though it's no big deal. I I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand it. Uh, we'll also talk in the six o'clock hour. We'll also talk about religious freedom because that is under serious, serious attack, not only here in the United States, but in Canada. And if you watch what happens in Canada, it tends to drip down into the United States and, uh, It's already happening, and we'll talk about that. Uh, Up in Manitoba, up by uh, Winnipeg, unbelievable what's going on there. I mean, we're talking they won't even let people assemble in their cars, in a parking lot, to listen (laughs) to a sermon. Is that not incredible? Can you imagine? That's just not. It's it, a power play. It's unbelievable. It's a power play. Well, it's totalitarianism. It really is. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's the boot on the neck. And we're right. just
5: kind of sitting there going, oh, well, okay.
3: All right, Elizabeth. We'll talk. Yeah, I wish my friend Carl yes, Kimball sir. was still around. You talked about that uh, all the time, the boot, the boot of the, the government on our necks. We'll be back. Yes, sir. With Elizabeth in the 6 o'clock hour. Talk to you in a little bit. Bye-bye. All right. So Elizabeth Soltolaro, she's getting her roof done by PI Roofing, and they're doing a fantastic job, as they always do. Bible guys are up next. I'm going to tell you, I got a bunch of questions. Guess what? Dealt with the election. That's really interesting. That is really interesting to me. We'll talk about it when we come back here on the Dave Ellsworth Show. December, for a lot of people, uh, you know, Christmas looms in the you know near future. Nearer to us than that is on the tenth, when Hanukkah will begin. Mm -hmm. Want everybody to remember that. It's cool at my house. You got a Christmas tree in one corner. Got a menorah. A (laughs) menorah as you walk in the door. So uh, just you know the the whole key is is that I you know it doesn't bother me that people celebrate Christmas. What bothers me is they think it really is Christ's birthday. Yeah, right. You know, you, you you need to do some research. Folks. Yes, you do. Because that that is easily mm. debunked. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm, I'm glad that you're taking the time out to remember our Savior's birth. And get, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, I really am gl- glad that that's happening. But don't put so much emphasis that it's Christ's birthday on that yeah. day. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I hope. I hope. You know, people might say, why, Dave? Well, because Christ didn't want us to put a whole emphasis on his birthday. He don't want you to remember him just one day out of the year. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? What time What time do people go to church the most? Number one time, Easter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right? And that's when Christ died and, and, and rose again. That's one day. And then you got Christmas. They show up at church. So two days out, uh, 365 days out of the year, two days, you remember. <laughs> Those yeah. are what we call CEO CEOs, that's yeah. right. and, Christmas I mean, and Easter only. I'll tell you what, I I remember uh, yesterday, I uh, I told my boss, uh, when I found out my brother had died, I told him, I don't know how anybody survives this life without, you know, faith in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. I know I'm going to see my brother. Yes, you will. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. So anyway, guys, we got a lot of questions uh, this week, and uh, surprise, surprise, they were pretty doggone political <laughs> uh, in nature, and I and I understand that, I, I really do. I understand where people are, because they're, they're hearing all different things. I've got all of these questions, so I'm going to just start uh, with the first, and then we'll move through them, and I'll read them to you. All right, so here's the first one. Uh, dear Bible guys, I'd like to know what the Bible guys think of using scriptures to pray for the president. Specifically, I've heard that people are applying scriptures that apply to Jesus, such as as the second Psalm and using them as a prayer map for the president. Can we do this? Oh yeah, people are. So yeah, you can do it, you know? Is it what you should be doing? I'll turn it over to these guys and let them talk about it.
2: Um, well, we always use Scripture, uh, you know, um, to um, to apply it to people's lives, you know. Uh, that's um, one of the ways that we stand on the Word. We take the Word and we use it for our, us. Our, a lot of times we do take it out of context. Um, but uh, I'm not sure exactly what the person is uh, referring to Psalm 2. I, I guess they're, they're referring to the the, psalm, the part of the Psalm where, where it says things like, um, you know, why do the nations rage and why do they – A lot of vain thing. Yeah, and and that is directed towards um, – we know it's a messianic psalm. Mm -hmm. So if you're applying that and saying that is happening right now to Donald Trump, then I don't think that you can do – You better check yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But now if you want to apply a scripture like Psalm 91, Mm -hmm. about God's going to protect us and he's going to keep us from – from uh, from dashing our foot against a stone. If you want to apply verses like that, you know, over your life, your children's lives, uh, the president, then I think that you know you're on safe ground. But if you're going to take a psalm that's directly a messianic psalm and say, okay, what's happening here to the Messiah is actually happening now to Donald Trump, then I think that you're that you're that you're off your base. I would
7: actually use this scripture against them. <laughs> go for right, it. Right. So they're uh, they're wanting, they're wanting of to course you, Steve Wood. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just a little spunky this morning. <laughs> I don't know why. So it says, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? If you think this has anything to do with the things that are happening in this nation, then you need to go see a psychiatrist about narcissism. <laughs> um,
3: now, that, that verse there is what, Isaiah? This, this, is, like a a psalm, psalm. Psalm. this is the one okay.
7: reference. All right. Because it later goes down, and this is the part where it says, I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son and today I have begotten you. So this mm-hmm. is considered a messianic psalm. And I would say that those who are raging in this nation – that somehow that we are going to fall apart and die as a people if we don't get President Trump is what I would tell you, this is why we have the problems that we have and probably why we're going to get Biden, because you have put your hope and trust in a man. And if you take a psalm that is dedicated to the Messiah and somehow attribute it to a man who is anything but the Messiah, who walked contrary to the Messiah his entire life, and somehow think that if we don't get this guy, we're going to die as a people – I would say bring it, because the place where the world is ignited for the Messiah is where we're running from house to house. Right. And and I think that there's another question I think that's coming up is, why do we think this stuff is happening? Is because we put our hope and trust in a man that somehow he was going to save us as a people, mm-hmm. and the church didn't get its act together and seek and pray and fast and ask for the Spirit of God to move, instead of saying, oh, give us a Republican and we shall be saved. Mm-hmm. Furiates me. Can you tell? <laughs>
2: Look at the camera and wave, Steve. A little, little bit warmed up this morning.
7: <laughs> well, because we wrap the, the 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 gospel around the American flag, or the flag around the gospel, and think that it, it's anything but. You know, we wake up like four percent of the world's population, uh, less than that of the church population, and, and, and we're Copernicus. We think the world.
2: Or the sun revolves around us. It mm-hmm. just doesn't. Yeah. We've got to wake up. I think people have even, even said things like, you know, Donald Trump is the only one who could save America and things like that. And I'm like, you're, you're really on thin yep. ice when you start saying yep. things like that. And so if the person's referring to that verse being applied to the president, I said, you can't. No, you can't. But, you, but verses, like I said before, about protection, about God's love, yep. about God's desire to, to, to bless his people, all those things you know, yes, you can apply those and you can stand on those. But is it Timothy? That, I'm sorry. No, is it ahead.
7: Timothy that says to pray for our leaders that it would be peaceable, that we could live yeah, peaceably? Timothy, right? mm-hmm. So if there's a scripture that you want to pray, pray that we get leaders. And, and Donald Trump would fit into this category because he does give us and supports religious freedom in the church. And so he is the kind of leader from that perspective that we do want to pray for so that that verse would be fulfilled, so that we could preach the gospel and live out our lives without the government interference. That would be the proper way to use the scripture. All right.
3: Sorry. That's what no, dude. <laughs> what you got to do, man. All right, Bible guys, <laughs> could you and the Bible guys talking to me speak into this current political situation? Has this election been stolen? Are we going through a social media coup? If so, what do we as believers do? Well, you believe that God is in control, right? That's the first thing you gotta do. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't do that, it all, all else that you believe is for naught.
0: Yeah, seriously. Scripture says that it is God who raises up leaders and casts them down. And so I, I, I do my civic duty. I go out and vote, but I'm not going to get all twisted up about the results because He's still on the throne. He's still the one who raises up leaders and casts them down. Now there are times when He has given a nation a leader that they deserve. Um, and unfortunately for us, that's not great news. If we get a leader, we deserve, Mm -hmm. uh, as the country who has embraced, um, the murder of children and is pumping as much pornography into the world as we can uh, just enumerate our sins and Sodom and Gomorrah are probably shaking their heads and, and, hands at their shoulders going, excuse me, Lord, but why are you allowing these people to continue? Um, if we get the leader, we deserve, um, that that's bad news. It's bad news for us. I think at this point, um, only the fact that there are still a significant remnant in this country of men and women on their knees, praying to
2: the Lord. Uh, the only reason we have been wiped off the map at this point. Yeah. Uh, I would say that, um, uh, I don't think that we can definitively, um, say the election has been stolen yet. Um, I, I do think that, um, uh, you know, if you're going on, uh, the um kind of the, what they call it um kind of evidence the um circumstantial yeah circumstantial evidence we see i would say yes uh i think that w- you, without a doubt you have all these places shutting down at the same time right after biden makes his speech and all of a sudden biden is winning when he was 13 14 15 points behind yeah i i see i see fraud all over the place you you know you know, you, you, you can't have hundred and two percent of the people voting when you, <laughs> right. you i mean if you have more people voting than actually register to vote yeah you've got fraud so I, I yes i would say in that respect i do see that but as far as what we do i would have to concur with uh, uh both dave and billy you first of all you got to have your focus on uh jesus that you know the bible says this is the faith that overcomes the world the faith that we believe that jesus is the son of god our salvation so he basically he god's got this uh, and then you know you pray for your you pray for the leaders that are, and we continue to walk in our, our faith. But we don't get rattled by this, you know. Unrighteous people are going to do unrighteous things. Why right. is that surprising right. anybody? Yeah. Right. Sinners are going to sin. Why does that now? What should surprise us is when righteous people yeah. do, do unrighteous, nothing. yeah, do unrighteous, or yeah, so or do nothing. So that should surprise us, but. Th- Evil people doing evil things, sinners sinning, should not surprise us. This is the world that we live in. We're in the world, but we're not of it, and we need to live that way.
3: Yeah, just remember what Christ said. He says, don't worry about the world because I've overcome the Amen. world. Right? Amen. Amen.
2: Be of good cheer, he said. All right.
3: We got more questions, but we got to get uh, get a break in here. The Bible guys are here. You want to call in and ask? All right. 501-823-0965. That's the number here for the Bible guys. Talking a little politics today, uh, mixed in with, uh, you know, biblical exegesis for you here on The Bible, guys. Hey, don't forget about, uh, you know, the folks at P.I. Roofing. You heard Elizabeth talking in the first hour, if you were with us, and she's, they're putting her roof on. They started yesterday, and uh, they're getting close to finishing up her roof today, and she is just amazed I don't know why I've been telling this this for years, Uh, that the P.I. roofing is amazing. They just go out of their way. She was talking about how they put tarps all around your house so they catch all that garbage as it's coming off. She says, I have never seen that anywhere else. They're, They're doing roofs. I said, wait till they come out with the big magnet at the end. There's a big magnet that they come out with and they go around your house so that all those nails that have been popping off your top of your house while they put uh, shingles on and stuff, it picks it all up. It's really amazing. I I talked about that for years because uh, I remember when they did my house and there was never I never found a nail in the uh, in the yard never ever after they worked. So, uh get a hold of PI Roofing. By the way, they're following all the COVID-19 protocols and all of that. So your family's safe, their their workers are safe, but you got to call them at 707-3551. That's your number, 707-3551. Or you can go ahead and visit them online at com. All right, 22 minutes after seven on a Tuesday. The Bible guys are here. Benjamin is on the phone from North Little Rock. And uh, he's got a Bible Guys question. Benjamin, how are you today, brother?
1: Very well. How are y'all?
3: We're doing fantastic. Good good. What's your question?
1: So um, I kind of would like for y'all to speak to what I see um, as an inconsistency between um, Christians' orthodoxy uh, and our orthopraxy, and I include myself uh, in that group of inconsistency. Um you know, Francis Schaefer is credited with saying that every abortion clinic should have out front a sign that says, open with the permission of the Church of Jesus Christ. Mm, yeah. I see America today as similar to the 1930s uh, Germans that allowed, in their midst, to be erected these death camps, uh, under which millions
0: uh, I think terminated. Oh, there he is. You're, you're
1: breaking up a little bit uh, the Christians in that nation were preaching the correct orthodoxy but their uh, their orthopraxy didn't match it and they allowed these death camps to be erected and I see um, that abortion clinics are our modern-day death camps mm-hmm. and um, you know it seems to me that if I were to take my two-year-old daughter and say that um, she's now a inconsist or a uh inconvenience and a uh, burden to me. And as her parent, I have the right to, to, you know, take her life that people would stop at nothing up to and including the use of force, even if it meant taking my life to defend her life, they would be justified in doing so. But for some reason, we as Christians, we even stop there and we somehow view the unborn differently, even though we say we don't, we say that they're human and they deserve life. But when we here of women wanting abortions, so let's pray for this woman. She's thinking about killing her baby. Can y'all speak to that inconsistency? Um, if if all that makes sense,
3: it makes sense, and we appreciate your Good call question. today. And, and and thanks a lot. That's an that's an important question, and it's an it is a, an important question for the church. Francis Schaeffer was correct yeah. in what he said. Mm-hmm. I'm, he's one of my favorite uh, modern day. You know, religious philosophers, Uh, he was a believer. There's no doubt in my mind I've heard him speak. I heard him speak a couple of times, never got to interview him, Wish I could have. Mm -hmm. But uh, he was he was a magnificent defender of the faith. With that said, in Nazi Germany, uh, you know, after it was all over with World War Two, the German people said we didn't know. That is B.S. Mm. I'm going to tell you what, that is a flat-out lie. Mm. There's no way you could live next to a death camp where they were burning bodies at such a rate that the ashes fell like snow on your village, and you could smell the burning flesh and say you didn't know. Yeah. All right, with that— this is what gets me going. Yeah. I'll turn it over to you.
2: Yeah, well, that's a really good uh, question. Uh the the bridge between orthodoxy and orthopraxy, and if you're listening, you don't understand that, that's basically, you know, what we believe and how we actually walk it out. Um and this is something that um that, you know, should firmly disqualify any believer from voting from any politician that would have any uh, degree of support for um, abortion uh, it's even it 's a ridiculous thing that we even have, even have to have this conversation within Christendom uh, about who we 're going to be uh, voting for uh, and so so how how we actually do that the only thing that we can i mean as far as the pulpits have to have to roar mm-hmm. uh, with righteousness uh you know the Bible says that righteousness will exalt a nation. Well, you know the opposite is true. And if you're not going to have righteousness, then the nation begins to uh, begins to crumble. And I think we're probably we're beginning to see that uh, in greater numbers. I will speak um, from, and I can only speak from our church because I don't know what happens in, in other churches. Um, but we uh, we have a very active um, a part of our church that um, that almost on a daily basis we are at a uh, abortion clinic. Uh, We are we have a a whole group that is dedicated to um, praying um, and uh, against um, that type of um, institution as far as uh, what they're doing, uh, the murder that's going on. Uh, We have people down actually in front of the abortion clinics, as I said, almost on a daily basis that are. That are praying and that are holding up uh, signs and trying to talk to people, I myself many times uh, we have a big initiative every year we go down and we 'll spend forty days at one time getting as many people from our church down there as possible. I myself am down there, and my wife are down there so uh as as far as as far as our church goes, we try to be very uh proactive when it comes to walking out things like this. We believe in the great commission, so guess what we have we have a portion of our income that goes to supporting missions and getting missions out there. So we're trying to practice that, uh, which we preach. We believe in a Hebraic approach to Scripture. I just don't teach about celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. We we do it. I don't just talk about celebrating the Feast of Passover. We do it. So I know that is something we endeavor to do, how the other churches are doing or not doing that. I'm not really uh, sure and can't speak quite into that, but I'll pass over <clears> to <throat> one of the guys so I don't dominate the mic here.
7: Well, one of the things that he was kind of hinting at, Uh, which is um, a difficult question. Uh, And I was using his daughter as an example. And basically it sounded like he was alluding to the question, why aren't people picking off more doctors, more nurses, you know, defending the lives of those unborn children? And that is a very difficult question uh, because, yes, if we're talking about, um, you know, men that were breaking down doors and they were coming to kill our own families or even our neighbors' families, we would use all force necessary to prevent that. And that is, that's been a difficult thing, and I'm really not quite sure if we're ready
3: to answer that question. All right, let's take a, uh, another caller. Corey is in Conway. Hi, Corey. How are you? Good. How y'all doing? We're doing fantastic. Your question?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I was calling about, um, you know, with the, the country going the way it is and everything, if, if Biden is to get in office and he starts enforcing all these um, laws, you know, where the churches have to shut down and this and that, uh, where is the thin line where we, um, you know, the Bible says that we're to follow our leaders. Um, where is the thin line where we actually stand against that? Um, do, we, do we follow the actual Constitution where we say, no, we're not going to do that? Or the Constitution and the Bible together? Or where, where is that thin line where um, we actually stand as a body against, against where someone who is appointed to rule over us?
3: You know what? This is, that's a great question because it is getting to the point where it's really starting to be the churches are starting to face up to the fact that there are people who don't like us in this country. Mm. They want to shut us down. And Corey, thanks. Let let these guys answer the question, listen in. Go ahead. Um well Well uh, wait a second. I gotta take a break. Okay. Yeah. We've got the news. So we'll come back and uh, we'll talk further about this. Rush is waiting to talk and when rush is ready to talk i i dare not take any of his time <laughs> <laughs> gotta tell you anyway bottom line is we've got rush limbaugh coming up when we come back where's that line i've got three pastors sitting right across from me what i'll have to say hey don't forget about hillcrest designer jewelry you want great jewelry to give away uh at christmas time to somebody special then I can uh, only offer to you the best place you should go to do that. I tell you the best place to go to get your roof done. I tell you the best place to go to get your cars fixed. I'm going to tell you the best place to go so you get your money's worth for jewelry. Because I can tell you what, jewelry can be some of the most overpriced uh, materials that you can buy, especially from jewelry stores that start with the name. All right, just let you know that. Bottom line, go to Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Eric Coleman is going to treat you like uh, just a normal person. He knows how much your dollars mean to you. He's going to save you money on diamonds and gemstones. Uh, he'll design the ring that you want for that special person so when they put that ring on, they'll know nobody else has that ring. It is specifically for them and uh, you know shows off their personality and everything. So now's the time to give him a call. I mean, today is the 1st of December you got like 24 days do it now call them 501-246-3655 or stop by Hillcrest Designer Jewelry 3000 Cavanaugh right here in Little Rock all right Joe is in Jacksonville let's get Joe's question in uh, here quickly Joe how are you what's your question today I'm doing all right Dave hey a lot of people tried to give
6: an answer on this question but you know my my question is this if you if you call yourself a christian how can you vote democratic <laughs> because their platform stands for nothing but abortion anytime mm-hmm. i mean eventually they're going to have it to where you know uh up until terrible twos, if you decide that you know this is
3: too much, I mean, I've said I've said this you know, a we, million times, Joe. You're right on, brother. Come on, bring it. We'll give you a chance and to preach. I
6: mean, we, w- you know, we've killed more babies than Moloch yeah. when they sacrificed, You know, and and when are we, I guess, uh, as Christians, gonna? I mean. Beat the door down and say enough's enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe that, you know, I believe those that support Israel will prosper and those that don't won't. Okay? Amen. I believe that I keep looking to the election for Trump and saying that mm-hmm. he's pro Israel. Mm-hmm. Democrats are pro Iran. Yeah. You know, they're also pro abortion at any time.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: You know? And. My question is: I had a pastor on another station try to give his answer to why he can vote Democrat and still be a Christian, and I'm like, "There's no way."
3: Mm-hmm. But
6: yeah. anyway, that's
3: that's my question. Yeah. All right, we appreciate you calling in. Thank, 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 you. You. It's, it's great, thank you. It's a great it's a great question, yeah, yeah. and it's one. Hey, we were just talking during the break, you yeah. know, and and Steve said, "Who said that?" You know, if you vote for, you know. A Democrat, you can't be a Christian. I have. yeah, yeah. I have. I say you got to check your faith. I'm not going to say you're not a Christian and not, I'm not a believer, but I'm going to tell you, you better check
2: your faith. Yeah. yeah. I think we have, uh, I know uh, we, we need to go back and answer Corey's question. Yes, go but, ahead. But just to deal with this one here, because it's on the top of my mind right now, you know, he asked um, the question, hopefully I'm not misreading it, but he was saying, you know, wh- when are we going to, um, basically when are we going to, um, to push back or when are we going to do something? And I really think that, um pastors are called shepherds for a reason and they're called shepherds because they lead a flock and if the pulpits do not roar mm-hmm. with righteousness the people are just going to wander about uh the scripture says you know where there is no vision the people are unrestrained they just kind of wander if if there is not a a roar of righteousness from the pulpit if the pastors don't even address what is happening if they're not dealing with uh these things then then the sheep are are not going to know what to do or what to believe. It's not that they're, that I'm not saying that the the people in churches are not, you know, don't have you know a self awareness and in, 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 and they're not spiritually alive to hear the Holy Ghost. But I'm saying they're pastors for a reason, and they're meant to lead and guide their flock. So, I think the beginning part of this, uh, the reason the, there's a reason why the Bible says that judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Uh, the, you know shepherds are repeatedly called into account in the Scripture. Uh, and he, God talks about his shepherds and what they're doing. So I think that uh, this has to begin with the pulpit. The pulpit has to begin to roar with righteousness and preaching the scriptures unashamed. But we have too many people that are afraid. Mm of what uh, of losing their job, of being voted out, of um, splitting their church, of losing the size of their congregation, or being the fear of man. We just have to be living in the fear of God, preach the word of God, and do um, what the word says. I think if we can be start there, I think the people will have a direction to follow, and we can pull ourselves out of the slumber. But if the pastors are asleep, the people are going to follow suit. All
3: right. I'm, I'm, I'll make a statement right here on the air, and that is if the cops – state police national guard whomever it is shows up at my church to try to keep me from worshiping mm-hmm. with weapons i will meet them with my weapon at mm-hmm. that point that that's that there is a line <coughs> there is a line and that is for me that is the line well you got people like joe just called in about um
7: the response there is no pyre no there is no fire and there is no passion in the body anymore We have got this idea that we have Buddy Jesus, my friend Jesus, um, the um, magic wishmaker, the one who's going to fulfill all of my dreams and visions and make me a better me. We don't have anybody calling for holiness and righteousness. And they're not... Preaching a gospel Mm -hmm. that says that he is the way and the truth and the life that no one comes to the father but by him. Mm -hmm. And we got this idea that, well, that's not very inclusive when you talk about things like, you know, uh, homosexuality or abortion or divorce or gay marriage or anything else. And then you go, where did you get inclusion from? Because the gospel that I read said Jesus himself said, I came to bring a sword. I came to divide father against son, mother against daughter, spouses and brothers against one another because he is it. And until the people get on fire and get ignited about what it is that we believe, nothing will change. We can have all the guns and all the food and everything that we think we need to survive in the natural. But when you watch what God did for Israel, Mm -hmm. he moved because they pursued him. And when they stopped pursuing him, he came against them. So until we get ignited about what we say we believe and people stop, stop coming to church because it rains or because something changes. What do we expect? There's yeah. no passion and no fire in the church. Yeah. So until there becomes an ignition source that says we've got the answer to change the world and it's not Donald Trump and it's not our food supply, and until we do that, nothing will change. So just, there's got to be a
2: fire. Just, so, read, just read the book of Judges, and you'll see that when the people did uh, got complacent, when they began to slumber, they had an evil ruler. And finally, the people felt the pressure that evil ruler enough that they rose up Cried out to God, began to get their heart right, and what happened to that evil ruler? He was overthrown, and God brought in a righteous judge. And he, and then that went on for a while until they started getting cold. And then, the, so, so really, what's happening in our nation is a reflection of what's happening in in the church. If if we're getting cold and complacent, then guess what? We're, we need to we need to we need to wake up and and get ourselves back on fire again. Revival needs to be the uh, be a a prayer point for all of us. Okay, so. Can we say that that
3: is the answer to everybody who's writing to us and yep. asking us about this election and and whatnot? That it starts in our own hearts.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, where are you in your walk with the Lord? Right. You you would have thought. I mean, when nine eleven happened, I wasn't living here I was overseas. But when nine eleven happened, I heard the churches were full. Absolutely. And now we have a worldwide pandemic that happens. And, you know, I know that the government has said, you know, you shouldn't be meeting and this and that. But you would think that we would have to have 15 services on a Sunday because we're still social distancing, but we're trying to accommodate people who are pressing into God and, mm-hmm. and seeking yep. the yep. Lord. And listen, we have prayer available at our church from 830 in the morning until 1230 Monday through um, Thursday in a a big place you can pray. You wouldn't come in contact with anybody. Just making a way for people to seek the face of uh, God, because that is the answer to our problem. It's the Only
7: thing it'll change this nation.
3: Only thing.
2: All right. So should we deal with the uh, Corey? Are we going? to – Yeah, do if you got Corey. You go right ahead. Yeah. So uh, Corey In about was basically three minutes to do. He was basically with. saying, "Where where is the line? You know, on that." Um, and I know. The I guys, told you mine. Yeah, <laughs> I know that the guys have things to say, but listen, I deal with things from the pulpit when the poli- when the politics cross over. Uh, into biblical things, for me, that's that's the line. If a, if a politician wants to speak against Israel, I'm sorry, you're going to be rebuked because the word says something. If they want to cross over and deal with issues of abortion, I'm going to rebuke you publicly from the, the pulpit because you've stepped over into my territory. If you want to tell me how I should worship and when I can worship and what I should be doing when I worship, then again, I will uh, rebuke you because you stepped over into into my territory. So for me, the line is the word. If you're going to cross the word, I'm going to push back and do what the word says. I had some once someone from the government call me and and talked to me for forty minutes on how it's a worship to Jesus to wear a mask. And you know what? There's someone no, from the government. Yes, there's no place in the Bible <laughs> where it tells me you worship Jesus by wearing a mask. So no, no way. Are you talking about the Arkansas government? unbelievable yeah so when you cross over to me that's the line and that's where i'm going to going to push back so gentlemen
0: yeah i know i i think in i'm like wow right yeah. now in many areas <laughs> of our lives we've already reached that line um and some of that pushing back needs to be happening um and in at this table at least um some of that pushing back is happening um i, I think that this is a prelude to Um, things to come. I I think we're going to see more power grabs in the immediate future. Uh, I know everyone's looking forward to 2020 being over and getting to 2021, but uh, it was about three weeks ago when someone sent me a video um, that was a whole bunch of people just going, I can't wait for 2019 to be over so we can get to something (laughs) better. Um, I, I caution that just because the calendar changes doesn't mean God's plans have changed and God's plans include some uh, ugliness coming up, so uh, i'm expecting more power grabs in the immediate future i think um while i don't think covid or um the vaccine is going to be the mark, I-, I think it is a prelude to softening us uh, to control
3: yep, all right we' got to get a break in then we'll come back. finish up this edition of the Bible guys ooh it's been good today. Do you uh want to retire in the next five years? David Lucas asked that question. If you overlook or underestimate one little thing, it could totally derail your retirement. Learn how you could avoid this in a free guide called the Ultimate Retirement Planning Checklist from David Lucas Financial in Little Rock. This comprehensive 31-point checklist could be the single most important tool that could help ensure you're covered on all of your bases. And don't make a whole bunch of mistakes. You don't want to make mistakes. To get your free retirement planning checklist, be one of the first callers right now, 10 callers, at 501-222-3315. This free checklist is the result of decades of financial planning experience from working with thousands of families. So to get your free secured retirement planning checklist, call 501-222-3315 that's five zero one two 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 thirty three fifteen, And listen tomorrow at 6 a.m. David Lucas will be here in studio with me to talk about this. Know that uh, investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. All right, so just a little bit north of the United States, there is another country, if you didn't know that. And it's called Canada. A. And they're dealing with this whole thing. <laughs> a, that's true. That's a true. Police blocked congregants from attending a drive-in church service at a church in rural Manitoba, Canada, Sunday morning. Uh, As depicted in the Facebook video, police blocked cars from entering the parking lot of the Church of God, Steinbach. Steinbach is the town where this church is at. Forcing them to line up on the adjacent street to listen to senior pastor Heinrich uh, Hildebrandt preached from over a loudspeaker, according to the Christian Post. And they're pretty reputable as far as I've, I've read their stories. God has given us the right to worship him together, and he wants to see his people united, Hildebrandt preached. It seems like we're living in a different Canada, and it's very heartbreaking to me. The Church of God at Steinbach which is almost 40 miles southeast of Winnipeg, uh, in Steinbach, Manitoba, was fined $5,000 last week for holding services in defiance of what Hildebrandt described as draconian and unconstitutional orders. As of Friday, there are 15,632 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Manitoba, 266 deaths, And 6,400 recoveries. Now, notice that they didn't say how many people are in Manitoba. Yeah. All right. Gatherings of more than five people are banned in Manitoba, and churches have been ordered closed, according to the CBC. In an open letter published November 23rd, Hildebrandt wrote in part, COVID-19 crisis has rapidly changed a lot of what our society normal and – essential in 2020 faith communities have not been unaffected in fact they have been singled out in many cases across the world and especially in canada and certain states south of the border the bible teaches christians to be good citizens and obey the reasonable demands of our government it does not however teach blind obedience to the authorities when onerous restrictions are placed on our freedoms In fact, we are guaranteed the right to religious freedom and peaceful assembly in the Canadian Constitution, subject only to such reasonable limits prescribed by law as can be demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. We now find ourselves debating what constitutes a justifiable, reasonable limit. The question is, what is essential? If faith and the communal expression of faith is not essential during times of crisis, is an attack on faith. I'm not going to read this old letter, but there's a perfect example of what we're talking about. Go see George MacArthur out in California Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what's happening to him. This is part of what we
7: were talking about before, and this is why this will be so different. Because you will not tell me that the liquor stores, the strip joints... And, and all the other places casinos. That can, and casinos mm-hmm. can be open, but you're going to shut down the church when right. we've had such an increase in suicide because people have been been home and been stuck. And I'm just saying, if that happens, you know what? Then maybe we'll just go downtown and start breaking glasses and call it a riot against the devil, and that way they can't do anything about it since they allowed that. Yeah, We're yeah, just going to protest Homo them.
3: <laughs> said that there was no worry about super spreaders right. as far So we, as we just the call riots. it a
7: protest against the devil, and then that way they can't do anything about it, we'll just meet down on the Capitol building. It will not happen, I'm telling you. Yes, I am fired up today, and I don't know yep. why. It happened when I walked in this door because I'm tired of this garbage. Yeah. I,
0: I, I unfortunately warned my wife over the last, uh, this past weekend, looking at where I think we where the trajectory is headed. I told her, oh, you realize next year is probably the years that I get arrested, right? Because d- d- it's coming, and I'm just stubborn enough that I'm not willing to sit on the sideline. Um, I, if I had been in wherever that was in Canada, I probably would have forced the police to arrest me right then by just trying to walk past them. Like, look, I have a right to be over there. At what point did we surrender to the government? I, I, I can appreciate the government coming out and go, hey, here are the things that you should do to stay if you want to stay safe. But at what point did I surrender to the government my ability to keep me safe? At what point did I give them the permission to go, well, you can't do this stuff because you won't be safe? Well, there are lots of things that I do that aren't safe. Let
3: me Let me read the last few... Lines of this guy's letter, there must be an allowable expression of faith that is deemed essential. While we are allowing the sale of products at establishments that exist solely for the sale of alcohol, coffee, donuts, cannabis, and fast food, we are grateful to our law enforcement officers for their dedication to public service, especially during their this crisis. We urge them to continue resisting the enforcement. Of these draconian and unconstitutional orders. Yeah, I have
2: a friend of mine uh, who um, uh, they got the order in California. They weren't supposed to meet, and so my uh, my friend said, "Well, you know what? We're going to meet anyway." Right. And so he, uh, this is the way he did it. He he um, he told his church we're meeting on Sunday, uh, and he called his local sheriff and he said, "Listen, uh, I'm calling to let you know this is what I'm going to do. You're going to have to do what you're going to do." But I have to do what I have to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm calling you in advance to tell you we are going to meet. And the sheriff, to his credit, said, Pastor, I have absolutely no intention of enforcing the governor's uh, uh, um, order. So you go ahead and have you have church. You'll have no problem from the sheriff. I think people need to know your local sheriff has a lot of authority a lot. and a lot of power, and you'd be, you would do well to make uh, to make nice with your local sheriff.
3: Yeah, you should call them and just sell them. Yep, absolutely. You, know, you should share with them. Yep. Share the gospel with them Amen. at the same time. Most importantly. Guys, thanks for coming in. Been a great show today. You'll be back next Tuesday right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Scott's here. Steve's here. Billy's here. Hope you all are back next week. Good show. You can send it to questions, BibleGuys at SalemLR.com, or you can call, you know, 823-0965 during the show. I'll remind everybody about that. All right, i got to take a break. I'm out of here until 6 p.m., and we're going to talk about freedom of religion tonight. You might want to be listening. Thank you.
6: Dave. Dave. Ellswick. Dave. Ellswick. Dave.
3: Okay, we move into 6 Ellswick. o'clock hour now of the Dave Ellswick Show. This is recorded earlier in the day, uh, just so you'll know. And in fact, it's recorded typically at 8 a.m. I know where we're going, and we uh, we sit down and put this uh, this hour together, and then it's uh, played uh, during six o'clock. Normally uh, on a Wednesday, it'd be played on a at seven o'clock in the evening uh, because uh, the folks are on there talking about business. With that said, let's uh, pick it up here with Elizabeth. She's back with me now uh, by phone. She took a. An hour off while the Bible guys were here, and did you get a chance to hear any of the show today for the Bible guys?
5: I missed it. I'm sorry, taking care of morning errands.
3: That's okay. And woofers. Uh, <laughs> this way, I can bring I can bring you up to date because a lot of good questions today about the COVID nineteen uh, you know life that we 19. find ourselves in now, yeah. and and the church. And what is the church's answer? And there are some very pointed questions that were asked. And uh, I'm looking at a, a story right now that I, I mentioned during the, that hour. And that is this. When does the church push back against the government? I mean, the, the, the Bible, the New Testament says to us that we're supposed to be good citizens. However, uh, that we're supposed to obey reasonable demands of uh, our government. But what happens when those demands become unreasonable?
5: Unreasonable. For mm-hmm. instance, what do That's we do funny.
3: when the government, the government says you got to close your doors? You may not have a worship service. Now, however, however, you know, the cannabis shop down the road, can stay open or the casino across town can stay open, but your church must stay closed. Uh, What is a church supposed to do? And this is the question that we're facing more and more. A big uh, Supreme Court decision happened uh, just a couple of days ago uh, dealing with this very question uh, Governor Como of New York was telling churches they had to shut their doors, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, he uh, went after uh, Christian churches and, and, uh, and synagogues uh, for the most part. And, the Sup- and they got an emergency hearing from the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court told Como to step away that what he was trying to do was unconstitutional. Now, the left tried to get around this by saying, well, we don't have to decide on this because uh, the governor has decided that he's not going to do this. Since he's not going to do it, it's not necessary for us to take this up. And of all people, of all people, to go along with this, the Chief Justice Roberts Sided with the left on that part of this, the majority. Be surprised. <laughs> yeah, the majority of the court did not, and uh, they told Cuomo he couldn't do it. It was unconstitutional, and uh, the deciding vote. And here you go for you people who who are like me or Trump supporters. It came from Amy Barrett on the Supreme of Court, course. the newest Supre- uh, Supreme Court. Uh, Justice uh, that has her robes on now and sitting up and listening to these these questions. I mean, if you think about it, and you better think about it because there's some of these people going to be replaced during the time if Biden does take the oath and does become the president, he's going to get the chance to put Supreme Court justices on the court. And, uh, you know, uh, think about these uh, different decisions that have made been made, uh, you know, from a conservative point of view, if Hillary Clinton had won. She would have had the opportunity to name three Supreme Court justices, and they would not have been conservatives. You know that. I know that. The left even knows that. I mean, the left is a lot like uh, the way I look at it uh, when you're talking about demons. Uh, and people say, "Well, I believe in Jesus," and and uh, you know, God says, "Well, so do the demons." Well, let me tell you what. Exactly. The uh, the left understands that if you have somebody a real person who believes in constitutional order in our co- in our country, uh, that they're going to name people to uphold those types of precedents, and with that in mind, they want their person in. So they don't use those precedents that they uh, they make their own precedents. They make it up as they go along. So it's just something to keep in mind. But I wanted to talk with you, Elizabeth, here for a few moments about religious freedom. The last story we talked about in the 7 o'clock hour with the Bible guys was this one. Police blocked congregants from attending a drive-in church service, a drive-in church service, at a church in rural Manitoba, Canada, Sunday morning. Police block cars from entering the parking lot of the Church of God Steinbach. Now, Steinbach is the town where this church is located. They're not, you know, worshiping somebody by the name of Steinbach. It's the Church of God in Steinbach, forcing them to line up on the adjacent street to listen to senior pastor Heinrich uh, Hildebrandt preached from over a loudspeaker, uh, according to the Christian Post. Quote, God has given us the right to worship him together, and he wants to see his people united, Hildebrandt preached. It seems like we're living in a different Canada. It's very heartbreaking to me. Now, just last week, this same church was fined $5,000 for holding services in defiance of what Hildebrandt described as draconian and unconstitutional orders. Then he goes on in the next paragraph to say how many new confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Manitoba. There have been uh, how many deaths and how many recoveries. Now, with that said, I will tell you that they did not say how many people live in Manitoba. So you can't figure out what the percentage is of uh, how many people are getting the disease. I mean, it may be 0.02%. We don't know. It could be 5%. We don't know. I will just tell you this, that if you did the math, I think if you go in and, and do the math, what you would find is that the chances of contracting this disease is low, just so you know. Now, I want to read part of a letter that this pastor wrote, and it's it's really good. I, I, there's only one spot that I disagree with him on, But he says, during this crisis, things have rapidly changed a lot of what our society considers normal and essential in 2020. Faith communities have not been unaffected. In fact, they have been singled out in many cases across the world, and especially in Canada and certain states south of the border. Now, he's talking about the Canadian border. Can I say that he's referring to New York and to some other states where they've attacked the church? The Bible teaches Christians to be good citizens and obey the reasonable demands of our government. It does not, however, teach blind obedience to the authorities when onerous restrictions are placed on our freedoms. In fact, we are guaranteed the right to religious freedom and peaceful assembly in the Canadian Constitution, just as we are here in our United States Constitution subject only to such reasonable limits prescribed by law as can be demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. We now find ourselves debating what constitutes a justifiable, reasonable limit. In other words, we, as, long, as well as Canadians, are debating what is the definition of is, is. You know, we're at that point now here in uh, in our country. And then he finishes up his letter by saying this. There must be an allowable expression of faith that is deemed essential while we are allowing the sale of products at establishments that exist solely for the sale of alcohol, coffee, donuts, cannabis, and fast food. We are grateful to our law enforcement officers for their dedication to public service especially during this crisis. We urge them to continue resisting the enforcement of these draconian and unconstitutional orders. So my question is a simple one. It was, and the questions that came in this week from our listeners to the Bible guys was pretty simple. Where's that line? You ready to try to take this on, Elizabeth? (laughs)
5: Well, the Bible guys, of course, are the fundamental experts on this thing, but the line is very simple. Uh, You cannot abridge someone's expression or involvement in their chosen faith. It's not just Christianity. In our country, it's in the Constitution. Seems pretty simple to me. I understand that we are great at slicing and dicing and cutting into all kinds of hairy details, especially with attorneys and in court. But it's very fundamental. Are these people being barred from expressing their religious freedom or not?
3: That's a good question. And uh, we we asked, and we're asked, you know, where's that line? And uh, if I can paraphrase what the three pastors said, and, (laughs) and, and then what I said, they said that when the government, begins to tell you you can't worship, and they're letting other people open up casinos, things of that nature. then it has become unreasonable, and it becomes unreasonable when science itself says that what the the, the church does is not going to cause uh, super uh, you know, cedars or super spreaders of this virus. Uh, and uh, then yeah. at that point we 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 must go ahead and and meet. And then somebody basically was asking, you know, when does force have to be used? And I made the statement: force comes into into play when force is used. If if sheriff's departments show up in the parking lot of my church or at the or at the doors of my church and say you can't come in, if uh, national guard troops show up at the doors of my church and say you can't go in. If the army shows up, at that point I'll meet them with my firearms at the doors of my church. That's what's going to happen at that point. You push me that far, you give me no choice at all.
5: I think there's also a fundamental uh bottom line in that again, in our constitution we are not allowed to treat one group of people differently than another. That's correct. Due process of law, whether or not it's about Christians and and you know bar owners or strip clubs, it's the idea that our government has decided without input from the people or from the lawmakers, all right, on its own, decided that certain groups are allowed to be essential. And, for example, in this case, churches. Are not. It's fundamentally wrong on that level. And then again, on the religious freedom clause, uh, it's just wrong. There's nothing for it. Um, either you believe in the Constitution or you don't. It's really easy. Um, I just I it, it, it's beyond my mind to have to deal with these details, the way they slice and dice and cut into this and cut into that and say, well, you know, Cuomo was going to lift the uh, orders. So it doesn't really matter. No, these people are shirking their duties and they're walking away from our republic. All right. And well, I don't know what we need to do about it.
3: Well, hang in there. When we come back, I've got a secondary question for you. And uh it really opens this up to a lot, and I mean this opens it up to a lot of discussion That's all coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick show six o'clock edition. I've been telling you the six o'clock edition is pretty cool. We get into a lot of in depth discussion here on the show during six o'clock edition of the Dave Ellswick show. Okay, let's continue on. I told uh Elizabeth Sotolaro, who is with me. Uh, by phone right now on the Dave Ellswick show. That we, I had another secondary question. We've been talking about, you know, uh, the ability to worship as we please in our country. So um, here comes the the next question for you, Elizabeth. And that it, it's it's not a hard one. It's pretty pretty easy. Is uh, you know when push comes to shove. Uh, we understand that a lot of things are going on right now where there's there's a whole lot of pushing. Do you believe, as we talked about this uh, uh, just a tad, but it's going to be brought up again next week on The Bible, guys, is the government pushing right now to see how far they can push us before we say enough is enough, and when... The people stand up and say no more of this the government's going to back off. But they can see a clear line that they had to go across before the people wouldn't put up with this. And I say that right now we're seeing more of that type of pushing than we have ever seen in our country. Your thoughts.
5: Well, I think there's no doubt that there is more pushing of that sort. They used to call it during the Obama administration nudging, all right? And, yeah, they are pushing, and there's two things, you know. You're you're talking about pushing until they meet the resistance that stops them. That's right. That's one thing. The other thing is pushing until they see the resistance, and then they have an excuse to use the violence, like you were saying before. We won't use it against the rioters that we saw this summer. We won't, you know, we'll rail against the fact they called in federal troops to try to quell the violence when the rioters in Portland decided to take over the courthouse and the federal property there and would not back away because the local police weren't doing anything, but... If we, the people, decide we've had enough, I can promise you that what the government is going to say is that we started it and that it was our problem, that we created the violence, and all of that that should have been turned around and faced against them will be turned around to us just like a mirror.
3: Yeah, and I don't don't disagree with you at all. At all. I don't disagree with you. That's
5: a recipe for Revolution Dave. You understand probably history much better. You guys know history much better than me. I just see what I call the fundamental direction of the way things are are going. And it's frightening because people no longer have the ability to speak about their differences, okay? It's the old, uh, you know, you've got the ballot box and you've got the ammo. Well, first, it's the soapbox. You're allowed to speak. If the soapbox is taken away, you end up with the ballot box you need to cast your vote to make your voice heard. Well, now that ballot box is being taken away. The only thing left is the MO box. All right. That's the way they say it. Now, I'm not inciting violence. I'm just repeating what our founders have already recognized about our country. And uh, things are getting extremely serious. I think this election situation is going to cause, um, surely cause should cause, needs to cause some boil over among the people. People need to wake up. It is we are being pushed. We're being pushed in every single direction that we can be pushed from because of our culture.
3: Yeah and you know and you, you everybody even spoke needs about to,
5: it earlier. Sports even has gotten corrupted. Yeah. Everything is corrupted.
3: Brett Favre said he you know he's glad that he doesn't play sports now. Because yes, it's he says, I want to be asked why did you throw to that receiver down the left side on a on a hook instead of seeing this guy over here was wide open he said that's what I want to talk about I want to talk about that I don't want to talk about should a girl be able to shower in a boys locker room or a boy in a girl's locker room he says I don't want
5: well or How do we play ball when you're not allowed to have people attend your games because of false information that's being, in my opinion, kept from the public? Now, I'm not sitting here saying that things that you read in alternative media are all true. What I am saying is when we in our country are prevented from seeing both sides of those conversations, then you know that something is bad wrong. It's just like the election integrity issues when we are being shut down right and left, the people who are looking at these issues, trying to talk about them, trying to alert people on social media about them, uh, the individual who called the, the uh, hearing in Pennsylvania last week, the uh, state senator in Pennsylvania, who was taken off Twitter less than 12 hours after the hearing for no reason, now he was reinstated, oh, whoops, we made a boo-boo, that's a whole other conversation. Same thing has happened now with witnesses, being taken completely off social media for no other reason except what they are saying is something that the powers that be have decided that we are not allowed to hear.
3: All right, we got to take a break for news. When we come back, let me just ask this question. I want you to, you know, ponder it a little bit during the five minutes we'll be gone. That is, have you noticed since the election, not a whole lot of uh, rioting going on? Not a whole lot of burning of buildings going on. Nobody's reporting on anything like that. And then we've been talking about the government pushing and pushing back. What are they pushing back? Is it what we think as uh, conservatives are important cultural norms? Or is it what progressive think as, you know, norms? We'll talk about it when we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Elizabeth Soltelaro is with me. Uh, just for you uh, to know, I've uh, mentioned this before, Elizabeth takes care of most of my uh, social media. Um, like I'll send her a, a link to this story that I've been talking about uh, from Canada about this church, and she'll post it on the Dave Ellswick Show Facebook page so that you can read this story as well. Um, it is nothing more than a representation of basically what has been happening in our own country. Uh, and it's uh, these these moves that we're seeing happen uh, across the United States are things that need to be truly paid attention to. to like the to John MacArthur uh with grace church out in i believe he's in san diego and how because he was opening his church up uh, for um, you know services that uh, they uh, they uh, decided he's got a large track of land that he that he uh, rents from uh, the local uh, government that they did not uh, in, included wouldn't let him do that this year uh, and, and moving forward uh, so he doesn't have the necessary parking that he needs uh, in that area all i can say is that people have to get used to walking a little bit long a little bit longer distances to go to church and if you're not willing to do that you might want to take a, a thought about your faith i mean <laughs> if it comes down to you don't go to church because you got to walk a little way to get to the church, then you should think about it. I had a, a person tell me uh, at our church one time uh, that there wasn't enough parking and uh, there, and it wasn't paved, because and because it wasn't paved, they weren't coming. And I, I just looked at them, and I, I thought, I wonder what they would have said back in New Testament times to that, you know, when they were walking over the hills and through the woods, basically, to get to a church, to a synagogue at that time, To worship, I, I, you know, as Americans, we've become soft. We've become very, very, very soft, and I think our government, in many cases, and uh, quasi governmental institutions, are using that against us. What do you think, Elizabeth?
5: Well, there's no doubt about it. Again, they're pushing on us in every single way. You said it earlier before the break, whether it's cultural norms. I I honestly believe somebody sitting around somewhere with this big list that says, okay, you know, we did academia and we did education and we did sports and we did the law and we did, you know, shopping. We did television. We did entertainment. Every single thing that, you know, we, we made fun of the flag. We've taken away the ability to be a patriot. If you're a patriot, you've got to be a crackpot. You're a Trumper. Um, they've done everything they can. And I think that people, again, it is so glaringly clear now what is going on that they are now censoring things because they can't allow people to talk about the truth.
3: Sure. The free, form, <laughs> the free transmittal of information is so important and people are going to be finding out more and more about this. And personally, uh, I think that our governmental officials will see if it happens under uh, a a Biden administration if he, in fact, does take the oath of office. If that happens, uh, are we going to see this become an even bigger problem as far as the free transference? Of information are the people who are saying Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, and all these others. Uh, we're going to have to watch them.
5: Well, here's a piece of breaking news. Today's news: the man's name is Ajit Pai, P-A-I. He's the current head of your uh, FCC. Yeah, he'll be. And they're replaced. the ones that talked about net neutrality. No, he's already resigned. No, he's resigning. To. In today's news, resigning as of the day of the inauguration. He has served for the Trump administration. He has held the line for trying to, uh, in my opinion, keep these things at bay. Yes. And he sees the writing on the wall, I'm sure, and probably would prefer to go look for work rather than getting fired and replaced, because if uh, this fellow Biden takes over, then you know that anybody that's in current positions like that is going to be replaced pretty quickly. Anything that doesn't require Senate approval, you know, this gets back to the to the Democrats and uh, the Republicans and what may happen in Georgia if we lose those Senate seats to the de- to the Democrats. Um, it really is the last line of defense at this
3: time. No, well, yeah, there's, really there's no doubt that. about that. I did and, want to go and back in. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
5: Well, my fear is that people are going to get disgusted, and we are. And say, well, like they've done before, stomp their feet and say, "I refuse to go vote. I refuse to go vote and keep the Senate in the hands of the Republicans."
3: Yeah, which does um, yeah, which does nothing yeah. but help the enemy, so to speak.
5: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, there are Democrat or Republicans that you really don't respect very much, and we have some of those in office here in Arkansas. But I will tell you that you have a better chance with the other members of that Republican Party that are sympathetic to our cause than you'll ever have from the other side.
3: I thought it interesting today when the Bible guys were on that uh, Pastor Scott Stewart told a story that I had never heard him tell before. And I asked him, uh, you know, are we talking, you know, the government in Arkansas? Because I thought somebody from the national government had called him. But he said that he was called by a government entity uh, and was talked to for 45 minutes about wearing masks in service and why that was important. 45 minutes. Uh, they called him and I would have been kind busy. Of, kind of brow browbeated him. It sounded like to me.
5: Wow. I mean, what did? How did? I would have, I would have had to excuse myself from the phone call. I'm busy. I've got other things to do. Well, when you yeah, go, sorry, you, go to, you go to
3: worship there, and you know, it, if you want to wear a mask, you wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, you don't wear a mask. I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, it's 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 the way that that is going on at his church. But it just, I just found it interesting that someone called him and tried to muscle him. Because I think that that it's was more than
5: interesting. It's chilling, Dave. Him. Yeah, it's chilling.
3: Trying to muscle. I them.
5: guarantee you, they're not calling. You know, the League of Women Voters and trying to muscle them, or the you know Black Lives Matter folks, or whoever. They're not trying to call them up and muscle them. I'm sorry. This is reminding me that uh, we had a rally last Saturday again at the state capitol. Uh-huh. This one was a it was a semi-national event in that it actually started with Todd Starnes, a nationally known conservative speaker on the radio, and it filtered down in through Little Rock, and there were about 400 people present. And we also, again, were blocked from being physically able to park or come near the Capitol grounds. We were told this Saturday, this happened a week ago, and we were told this Saturday that it was for security concerns and it would be this way from now on for any event that were held at the Capitol. I well, I'm have, going to, not have seen... to. I'm going to give.
3: I'll, I'll call the Secretary of State's office because they're the ones yeah. that make that decision.
5: Well, I have not seen it be this. This policy be applied in the past. Of course, of course, if it's a brand new policy, that may be the case. The problem we had with it was numerous handicapped individuals who wanted to attend the rally were basically unable because they were unable to park two blocks away and walk onto the grounds. Mm-hmm. And I find that totally and wholly unacceptable, and I believe it's also against the law. I think it's called the Americans for Disabilities Act. I'm not sure how th- how that works, but I I am personally offended as a taxpayer. I do understand security concerns. However, this event was Again, there I didn't see a single individual there who was not part of our event. Number one, there were no counter protesters. there was nobody else there, and I'm really disturbed that we as the people are not allowed together on the steps of the house that we those people work for us. That's our legislature.
3: No it's built and we're not it was allowed. Built by taxpayers money.
5: it was it's our house. These people represent us. this government is there. For us, and I'm really disturbed about it. Um, I know that, uh, and I'm going to give a real quick plug here go out on Facebook and look for American Freedom Cruisers. And we are statewide now, and we are a group of people that will continue to stand up for what we believe is right and our constitutional rights lawfully, respectfully, but we will not be silent. And I know that that group was urged to call the Secretary of State's office early yesterday. I don't know how many calls were actually made. Um, we need at least more information. All right. It's a, it's a non-transparent situation at the moment. And it's disturbing. Again, the government here in Arkansas, we don't know why, has blocked off our state capitol. All we can do is go walk onto the grounds. I don't know why.
3: Yeah, I mean, if if they have some information that somebody has threatened to set off a fertilizer bomb or something, that's one thing. Uh, It is entirely another to just say, well, we don't want these people because they're, quote, rabble rousers.
5: And let me make this clear. The event went through a lot of changes, was canceled and reinstated a couple, two or three different times. It was... uh, I, I was under the impression that the permits were finally, uh, you know, given. We had Senator-elect uh, Dan Sullivan there, and we had Senator Trent Garner there, and Jan Morgan was there, and Iverson Jackson was a speaker. It was not just a fly-by-night event. <laughs>
7: yeah.
5: Okay. And I do understand the State Department of Police were very good. They did their work. They did their jobs. We actually complimented them. And applauded them for standing up for their job. They have to do their job, but this is a non-transparent situation, and it is disturbing.
3: Well, I don't I, know I, why it was. I'll fine. I'll make a uh, a text today uh, to the Secretary of State and see if he'll come on and talk about this.
5: Well, again, there may be security issues. There are other concerns at this moment. We don't know and. We didn't know. We weren't given advance notice, and it was just it was just a mess. They say there were many, several disabled individuals who wanted to uh, come and be there, but they could not walk. You know, it's quite a good walk from any nearby parking if you're blocked for a whole block around. And basically, it's uphill. And it's uphill. <laughs> now, here we are talking about how hard it is. Nobody else had a problem with, you know, having to go there, except for the fact that We don't know why we, the people, aren't allowed on the grounds of our house.
3: Mm -hmm. I got you. What's that all about? Yeah, and the the other thing that I wanted to mention is that, you know, this whole pushback that's going on, nothing uh, was happening for the most part on the people who were, you know, uh, closing businesses and uh, uh, setting businesses on fire and things of that nature – Nothing happened to a lot of those people we know that uh because they were pushing against what the left did not want. Now once it changed and uh, the other side wants to push back about what the left wants, now we're suddenly now told we're not allowed. you're not allowed to do that. And th- that's something for everybody to understand. This is an attack. On this is a culture war playing out right in front of you now, absolutely playing out in front of you uh, and uh, if they win the culture war, they win the war it 's that simple if they win that battle, they will win the war uh, on this country because a lot of the things that they stand for are uh you know not what this country was built upon, totally not what it was built and it's above. not a
5: country i want to live in i'll be honest with you <laughs> i mean i'm here by accident but i'm an american and i believe in freedom and liberty and i don't want to live under i said it earlier the jackboot i'm not going to have the government telling me where i can go what i can wear when i can go where i yeah you know, it's not we, it's not our country <laughs> it's disturbing
3: <laughs> all right elizabeth we're gonna be back and we got one more segment to do here on the Dave Ellswick show six o'clock edition Dave Ellswick show here at 1011 FM the answer. All right final segment got about seven minutes here with Elizabeth uh, Soltelaro on the Dave Ellswick show.' gonna I'm gonna move uh, the topic that we were talking about. I want to read you a story, Elizabeth and it's one uh, that uh, goes to show the Second Amendment still alive and well. Uh, even though the left fights against it constantly. A man who stopped for takeout late Sunday night in Philadelphia stopped the robbery, police said. Police told The Daily Caller they received an emergency call for a robbery shooting inside Wingstop in the 2100 block of uh, Cotman Avenue around 1015 last night where an unidentified 53-year-old male was robbing the store at gunpoint. Quote, he walked in, went behind the counter, announced a robbery, and asked for all the money, Philadelphia Police Department Chief Inspector Scott Small told WPVI. However, before employees could hand over the cash and unidentified, 27-year-old entered the store, according to police. The man was unaware that he had walked into a robbery and was reportedly talking on his cell phone, according to WPVI. That's when the robber pointed a gun at that customer and demanded his cell phone, Small told WPVI. The customer then pulled out his legally owned firearm and shot the suspect, hitting him in the neck. The suspect was pronounced dead on the scene by paramedics around 1030 p.m., according to the police. So let's let's reset this. Uh, A man walks into a wing stop. He walks behind the counter, pulls a gun. Demands all the money. Says it's a robbery. Another guy walks into the store. A law-abiding citizen uh, walks into the store. Gonna, I guess, order some wings. Wingstop's got pretty good wings. And uh, walks in, and unbeknownst to him, is this is this robbery going on? Until the guy behind the counter says, "This is a robbery." give me your phone, and has his gun pointed at this guy. The guy pulls his firearm, fires one round, hits the guy that's robbing the store in the neck, and kills him. Uh, no charges pending on this guy uh, that made uh, the, did the shooting. It just goes to show, you know, the uh, Second Amendment has its uh, reasons here in this country. What the do you more
5: think? people, the more people that, uh, you know, do what that citizen did, the less likely that type of thing is going to continue to occur. And I think it will happen more often. It is not. It's an already optimal,
3: happening more often because of this defund the police stuff.
5: Yeah, it's not an optimal solution. However, if we cannot depend on society and our civil society to take care of our safety, we have the right And we will need to exercise them vigorously because otherwise I don't think that, uh, you know, we're going to be allowed to continue to have any rights. Mm. I really believe this. I honestly believe this. I've always believed in our country. I've always believed in exercising. my, My big thing is First Amendment, obviously, journalism background, so forth and so on. All of our rights must be defended now, and I mean not just talking about it, but doing something. There were some outbursts yesterday during that 10-hour hearing in uh, Arizona. Of course, they said that the seating went in 20 minutes. When they announced that they were having the hearing, the hundred and some odd seats that were available in the room were taken up within 20 minutes. But there were several outbursts, and a couple of them in the morning hours were along the lines of, when are you going to quit talking about it, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do to protect our vote? What are you going to do to protect our rights? No,
3: well, the answer is nothing. Nothing. They're not doing anything. Well, that's what's happening. And the
5: people are one of the one of the gals testifying last uh, week in the Pennsylvania hearing. I saw her on a different show and she said, the republic is angry. And I thought, you know, that's a great way to put it. The republic is very angry and very uncomfortable at best and i don't think it's going to i don't think the republic is going to sit still for this now no. what's going to happen is anybody's guess but if you think people were upset during the tea party times about overspending and lack of representation in government this is 10 times 100 times over on steroids what's going on today and i think people have become numb to it and i think that that's very very dangerous
3: yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how all of this uh, plays out. To be honest with you, I I totally totally agree with you uh, on that, Heidi. Heidi, I'm sitting here reading a, a, a text reading from Heidi, Heidi. Uh, Elizabeth, and I, I you have the right to be concerned. I'm concerned because we've talked about this in the past that when Everything else fails. All that is left is shooting. And I don't want us to go there.
5: Nope. We don't want to have to go there. Yeah. I do believe that we have to be willing. I believe that it may reach the point that we have to prove that we're serious about saving this country.
3: Yeah. I, I, I don't think that I disagree with that. I think that it has to be has to be shown and. I think that uh, governments like up in Minneapolis and in Seattle and in New York and in Chicago where uh, death rates are rising, you know, 500 percent over last year in shootings. Where's the worry about that? Why don't they give out body armor for people? Put on your body armor before you go outside. That's for your safety. All right. Let you go. Thank you so much, girl. Appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Elizabeth Soltelaro here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Tomorrow, don't miss the show. We've got uh, David Lucas is going to be on talking about your money. When David speaks, people should be listening, as well as uh, we'll hear from uh, Congressman Hill and we'll hear from Duck and Joe.